Hi, man. How you doing? <laughs> Very funny. <laughs> You're a funny man, Adam Robinson. Uh, no, I'm not really. Thank you so much. Uh, I, I will. I have to start off by saying, honest to goodness, if it wasn't for you, this podcast probably wouldn't exist, uh, right. at least the way it sounds. Um, when my contract ended with Bell Media a few so years you just ago. continue to lick my ego? Uh, yes, 100%. Um, I reached out to some people who are in the industry and three people really helped me out. Uh, Mike Boone, Toronto Mike, uh, Frank Loritis, who is an in imaging producer. Oh, Frank. And, uh, and yourself. Uh, you and I met when I was the program director. Actually, we met before that when I was the morning show producer at uh, uh, 103.9 Proud FM, and you were doing engineering. And we hit it off. And let's face it, having long-lasting friendships as an adult, never mind just in this industry, is it's hard. It's hard to keep up friendships. Yeah, it really is, because, you know, when you run out of cocaine, you have to do something. <laughs> yes, nothing. It's the, it was the 80s, apparently. You, me, and Scruff Connors. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, I'm legally bound not to talk about those things with Scruff Connors. <laughs> so you literally gave me the mic that I'm speaking on, which is a yeah. what? What is this mic? That is a Heil PR30. Not a lot of people know what that is, but I loved the way it it's sounded as soon as you gave microphone. it to me. I brought my own microphone tonight. You we did. couldn't make it work, even though I am a brilliant broadcast engineer. So I'm working on a, uh, a Shure SM50. SM58s are, as Phil Evans, Captain Phil said, yeah. they sound better the more you drop them. Yep. Uh, they're, this one's got a few dents in it. They're the most resilient. I think so I stole good. that from the Phoenix Concert Theater, to be completely really? honest. Wow. Yeah, I think so. Okay, we'll have to circle back to that. When I was, yeah, when can I we, was. Can we circle back to a lot of stuff that I'm not supposed to talk about? I told you nothing's really off the table, and same with you. Uh, a, a very big ice cube in my glass full of, uh, you know, viscous liquid here. Yes, um, I, 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 I pre-poured a, uh, a couple glasses of uh, 40 creek the barrel select and uh, i i'm just i keep mentioning 40 creek as often as i can because i want my buddy david allard who works for them and campari to sponsor <laughs> this podcast will work for booze i don't need cash uh, i want square boy uh, i'll work for pork on a bun and uh and and i'll work for rye so uh but i i poured that because you and i we go, we go way back 15 years or so now at this point maybe more at least that and more yeah. yeah um and you you're uh, this is a podcast about change, and you've changed directions in your career all along. Yeah, you're about the same age as me. You grew up in Scarborough. I grew up in East Toronto. Well, we have, I'm, I'm about the same age. Eh? Yes, we are about the same age. Uh, but what was your doorway into radio? Why did you get into radio? Why did I get into radio? Because uh, my father uh, was a radio guy in the '60s, and uh, he decided that. There was more money elsewhere, but he never forgave himself for leaving the business. And so who did he work for? He, uh, dad started out at uh, 1050 Chum Toronto back in the- Your dad was on 1050 Chum? Chum Chicks and the Chum Checks from the X. Like, your dad was on 1050 Chum when 1050 Chum was the yeah, shit. in 1965 -ish. And what was your dad's name? He was Alan Robinson. And so was he a jock? Was he on air? Uh I guess we would call him a promo guy, but he okay. did he did the jump checks from the X. Um, oh, so he did updates like like yeah. I mean, it was it was a big thing, right? You know, Chum Chum back in the '60s had a you know a mobile studio at the exhibition, and they you know hired people to to host it, and he and he was one of them. He he made he made so many friends with all the people that were at Chum in the day, and then uh, he. He got into the industry, you know, like full stop from Ryerson, Ryerson University, which I believe is now called Metropolitan University. Yeah, yeah that it is. My my daughter is uh, is a psychology major there. Amazing. Um, and from there, it parlayed into a news job at the CBC. 
I don't know if I knew that part. I, don't, I didn't know your dad did news at the CBC. I know what I know of your dad, and I do want to talk about your dad was that he was a uh, a public servant. He was a politician. Mm-hmm. He was an alderman in Scarborough. He was a member of provincial parliament. Yeah. And I always think about your dad when all the talk is going on about the subway extension, because I know your dad. We've talked about this. Was uh, like very uh, instrumental in making the Scarborough RT mm-hmm. a real thing. Yeah, I mean, you step off the subway at Kennedy Station there. I, I'd love to take my kids and show it to them. There's my dad's name on the wall as one of the people on the the, the bronze plaque. Same thing at, at Scarborough Town Center. And it's funny, I uh, dad passed a number of years ago, and they're talking about the subway extension, and you know they're going to discontinue the RT. And I keep thinking to myself, like, there's a plaque at at, at Scarborough Center Station, yeah, at Scarborough Town Center, that I don't know what's going to happen to it. But it has my dad's name on it, so you know, obviously, I, I want to be a, a part of that. That's really interesting, like the fact that they're like something that he was instrumental in helping to make uh, uh, come to life is now going to be gone, which is really because I feel like it, I feel like first of all, I think it could still exist. It should still exist, or in mm-hmm. some some sort of fashion, this one stop things. I don't want to get into the politics of things, but it seems stupid to me. Uh, I'm not from Deep Scarborough, but I had lots of friends growing up in Deep Scarborough, and it was hard to get to different places. So. Regardless, I hope you can get that. We we got to figure out a way for you to we'll, get that. We'll plot. get there. We'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. It'll be the uh, you know the Allen Robinson Memorial Park, but, um, you know, Dad, Dad always felt bad about leaving radio. Dad, Dad was a uh, he was an opportunist in some ways, but right. not in a bad way. He went um, where he went where there was work, right? Yeah, like he so- went where there was work. He went where there was there was something new to do. Uh, so we left radio in 1968 um, from CBC National. Uh, Knowlton Nash is uh, Knowlton Nash is one of his best friends wow. and, and one of his mentors. Um, and he left there and he went to print. And he worked for the Toronto Star and he worked for the Scarborough Mirror and he worked for the Oshawa Times. Which today it's like Oshawa had its own newspaper. Sure. Why? It was just the flyers. What's, this, <laughs> what's on sale? What's on sale? But Oshawa wasn't a bedroom community then. No, it was back its then own it was thing. A, it was a real deal. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then he got into politics, and uh, and and he had a very successful political career, and um, all all through all of those years, he he lamented the fact that he. He didn't stay in radio, so he's vocal about it. So oh, you, yeah. oh, so God, you, so, so that was kind of like it was like worked right into your your psyche that your dad was like he missed radio before he became you know, sort of too sick to work. Um, he helped launch a community radio station east of Toronto. Oh wow, that's yeah. amazing! Oh, I, I was, I, I was I, like, yeah, last thing every day. It was so funny. Like like just like like last week, I was <laughs> I was cleaning out some stuff in the basement. I came across a. Uh, uh, a bucket of stuff from you know from my my stepmom's place and and it was my dad's last briefcase. Oh wow! And if you ever want to you know you ever want to think about you know like a moment in time, what's going to be in your briefcase when you die, and what is somebody going to find in your briefcase when you die? I think that's now what's somebody going to find in your internet search history. Okay, good. Yeah, okay. I mean, you know. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, you're being all, you're being all serious. You're being all serious, and I made, and I made an day, inappropriate joke. tie an onion to her belt. All right. No, no, that's, you know what? My dad had a briefcase, too. If you look over here, uh, my dad passed away just a couple years ago. Like football. Well, yes, but over here, there's also, like, stuff from Disc Jockeys Unlimited. My dad was a mobile DJ. He was one of the most successful mobile DJs. You know. And so you see the stuff that he had kept in his briefcase. I, ha- I have a bunch of that, too. So I, I told get what you're saying the day that bob and i talked about doing a podcast and 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 bob doing a podcast and and me being a part of it it was like okay so if you and i ever actually sit down and try to talk to each other who's the interviewer <laughs> oh yeah no well here's the thing you actually have a news background I do. you have a journalistic background you dad your dad wrote I'm for a broadcast a- journalist your dad wrote for uh, an oshawa newspaper you ended up out in durham doing radio yeah, as a newscaster correct i did so what was your what was your role? So high school, you go. Where did you did you do radio? Did okay, you do so, Humber? So, so so high school, um, you know, dad just dad just wanted me to follow in his footsteps, and I was hooked. I, I God, I loved radio from such an early age. Like I can go back to listening to Toronto radio from I don't know the late seventies. 
You know, and, and, and you're only a year older than me. That's like like I know. So you're like four or five years old in the late seventies. Like yeah. looking back with Don Daynard, I remember we used to have um, we used to have parties at the house when I was about three four years old. We lived up in Ancient Court at uh, at Midland and Finch, and there was a there was a Saturday night party that was that was like based around looking back. And, oh, wow. and, and looking a theme back party. No, looking back was a show. Looking back yeah. was a show that Don Daner did on CKFM when CKFM was still, you know, music of your life. Yeah, sure. You know, almost candlelight and wine. Yeah. Or, no, that was CHFI. that was CHFI, but same idea though. But right? so so it was all oldies, and I watched these people who were in their late twenties and their early thirties just get down and enjoy themselves so much on a Saturday. I mean, we're talking like nineteen seventy eight. So they're listening to like fifties, like they're like, like Chuck to Berry, Del Shannon, Del Shannon. Okay, yeah, Chuck right. Berry, and loving it because that's twenty twenty five years old. The mamas and the papas, right. the Beatles, yep, Stones, and that stuck with you, stuck with me forever. Um, you know, I I I, I don't want to don't want to dwell on the impact that my father had on me, but I I'll never forget sitting in his in his sitting room. His dad had a sitting room. Nice. Um. And and we were talking about the fact that oldies had like oldies radio had died. This was sort of mid two thousands, right? And he just couldn't understand it. He couldn't understand how, you know, there was no more fifties and sixties rock on radio anymore, and how AM had become talk radio. Um, and I said to him, I said, "Well, you know, you guys are old now. Oldies radio didn't die. What constitutes oldies?" changed yeah oldies radio is still around oh it is thank you boom 97.3 that was okay so you you stole my thunder on that one where i i said to him i said dad i said you are going to be surprised that you know within within a few years and this was i don't know this is like 2005 2006 within a few years you're going to see oldies as we know it replaced with modern oldies my generation's oldies generation x's oldies are now going to you know usurp, usurp it and, and, and pass the boomers and he he said never going to happen <laughs> never going to happen actually he said Adam this will never happen uh, dad dad had a very uh, <laughs> Shakespearean way about yeah it. he had a good delivery did he but but I and I, I remember when 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 Boom ninety seven three went number one in Toronto um, you know I, I I walked that I walked that book as we what we call in the business, the book, I, I, I walked those numbers to him and I said, look, yeah, I said a radio station that's playlist is centered in 1980. Yeah. And they play all the stuff that I grew up listening to. Yeah. And none of the stuff that you grew up is now number one in the biggest market in the country. Yeah. I mean, it was, it just makes, makes sense. And we could get into the changes with technology. We get all Marshall McLuhan here about other stuff and other reasons why. The media missed the message. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it, Totally is he, in, he in, kinda, the, in he our case. He kind of got that right. Marshall McLuhan, McLuhan you, you think? Kinda, yeah, just we, a little. We had that, you know, you know, in 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 journalism school and broadcast journalism school, they kind of drove this idea into us that the medium was the message. And you know, I remember, I remember wondering some point early in my career, really, like, is it is it is it that important that what I'm saying is being delivered? on the medium of radio. And at the at the time they were like, "Oh, yeah, absolutely. Radio, TV, print, you know, it's it's it it's it's where people go to get their stuff." And as the years went by, I realized that no, not as much. It's more how many places can you put the message how many mediums can you put the message on right which essentially is the same thing that what uh, distribution has changed so much yeah. right how we how we do what we do you ended up in a newsroom you you went to, where did you did you go to humber did you no, i went to centennial college you went to send hit to centennial college and w- is that where you met paul evanov no 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 i met evanov when i started working across the street from him right you will not draw me into that conversation. No, oh, no. I, I, I'm just trying to figure <laughs> out. Here's the thing. The show is about change, as you know. I remember having the conversation with you, All right, so you 67 episodes ago. Whip out my resume? I just, I, I want, I, what Excuse I wanted. Excuse me while I this out. What I wanted to do was highlight how guys like you and me and people in media in general 
we go where the jobs are and we try, we, you have to pivot, you have to change, you have to learn as much as you can and maybe you're not going to end up in the job that you wanted. You didn't okay. go to Centennial to nope. become the head of engineering and build how many studios for Evanov Radio Group? Okay, so, so, um, so, so here's my story. And, and I apologize for everybody who's listening to this. You, you, you know. That's why you're here. <clears throat> okay. Um, so in the summer of 1994, actually, it was probably shortly after that. It was in the, in the, in the fall of 1994. Um, I was in my second year of college taking the radio television program at, uh, at Centennial College here in Toronto. And... I had a very unique opportunity because I had interned as a high school kid. I had hung around at All Hit 680 CFDR Toronto. Um, like cha life-changing. Yeah, I mean, the seriously. biggest radio station in the yeah. for our age group at that time as teenagers, 680 was everything. I was telling somebody today, I, I was doing a pitch for somebody today. I, 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 we'll, we'll get into this in a bit, but I, I, I sell radio software now. And I was telling somebody about the story that, like, we had this, like, rut in the floor from wheeling the chair back and forward behind the console to, you know, to do everything manually. It was a, it, it was an incredible. At 680, you mean? At 680. Yeah, yeah. It right. was incredible. And you were a high school co-op student. I was a high school co-op student. Amazing. Tarzan Dan took me under his wing. God bless him. That man did more Still doing me. radio out west. He's, uh, it, uh, he's in Alberta. driving Calgary. That's was, it, Calgary. You know, I was out there a couple of weeks ago, and I, I reached out to him, but he said he was on vacation and he wasn't in town. Um, it, like, it, it's, <laughs> it was the number one top 40 station in the country. And you were a high school student hanging out there. And I was a high school there. student hanging out there, so cool. doing my thing, learning yeah. my trade. And then that summer between high school and, and college, they flipped to news. 680 News, the first one in Canada. Yeah, the all-news station. They were trying to beat uh, AM 640 over at, at Shaw Communications, or WIC Communications at the time. They were trying Wick, to beat yeah. them to it. And it was heartbreaking. It was like, you know, this place that I had I had grown up with and I'd learned with and I'd, 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 I'd worked at and I knew everybody. And, and it's gone in a heartbeat. It was one of the first, like, massive heartbreaks I'd ever had. Um, that and Don Burns getting fired from CFNY, but that's a whole other story. We should we probably talk a lot of CFNY here, as you know. Probably get Marsden on the phone for that one. <laughs> um, anyway, CFTR no longer exists. I'm now uh, out of high school. I'm into into college, and I'm taking uh, radio broadcasting. I'm taking it seriously. And the thing that the thing that first attracted me uh, to the industry was news. Uh, because your dad had that background, yeah, right? Dad's background. Dad was a CBC and, guy. He's friends with Dalton Nash, for God's sake. Of well, course you're going to be into it. Yeah. Um, so so I, I, go off to, I go off to college, and I run to this guy by the name of Ken Cassavoy. I've heard this name before, but I, I, I'm unfamiliar. Ken Cassavoy was the guy who actually had to kill the CKO radio network. And remind people who are younger than us okay. what the CKO radio network was. So... The first ever attempt at a national news network, privately owned national news Not network. Not CBC, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, CBC is publicly funded. Yeah. But the first attempt at this was called the CKO Radio Network. And it was a bunch of radio stations across the country that were doing news. And it was on FM, which was really like, you know, way... Individually owned or one ownership? Group? No, it was all owned by one group. But, um, you know, it, it, it failed. Who was it here in Toronto? Uh, CKO was 99.1, which is now Radio... Which is now CBC 1. Is that one? Yeah, sorry. 94 yeah. something is uh, CBC is, music. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's an interesting story, too, which I won't bore you with. But Can we avoid talking about what, what is it, a uh, uh, broad spectrum, what's available yes, on the spectrum? Yes, we can we avoid that conversation? <laughs> yeah. We could do, we could do like, you know, like if I actually continue to talk like this, we could be here for oh, several hours. Yes, you, you could break the, the record for the longest anyway. uh, Bob's Basement podcast if we keep going this way. But that, it's all good. I, I'm Ken, always fascinated Ken, by this stuff. So Ken Cassavoy. Ken Cassavoy, 680 News, uh, was a guy who, who had, um, he was the general manager of CKO and he had to shut it down. So, um, you know, he went off and he, he actually, you know, took this job at Centennial College to become an instructor. Um, and he was the, the toughest, hardest guy that I ever met. 
Uh, there's only one guy. Okay, so I went to college in the early 90s. I was going to say, is this like 94, 95? Mm, earlier than that. 92, 93? Yeah. 90, okay. 90, 92, 93. And, um, and, and, and Cassavoy was, was hard as nails. Right. And you're he, cutting tape. You're, oh, like, you're learning yeah. like real... Tape. like. The first thing I ever did in broadcast engineering was I rewired a console because somebody forgot to put the wires into it properly. Like, was it a Wheatstone? No, it was it was a it was a, a, a Ward, Ward Beck a Ward Beck Renaissance go. three. We're going we're going deep inside yeah, are, baseball here, uh, radio oh, yeah, nerds. <laughs> Don't get me started. So, so Casavoy was an incredible newsman, right? Um, and and to this day, I I wish I could emulate him. I remember him saying to me, he says, you know, I was reading newscasts when I was in college, and he says, what's with this Shakespearean stuff? <laughs> I said, what Shakespearean stuff? He's like, I don't know. Every time you talk, you sound like this. I said, you know, that's what I learned. And I mean, that's what I learned from my dad. Sure. He's like, it's just not certain, working. A certain type of delivery. It's just not working. Yeah. And so I and so, he said that to you. Like, yeah, he told me he, right. he was brutal, man. He was brutal, and 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 to this day, I, I love the man. He he is now currently working as a marine biologist and a marine archaeologist. He left he left wow. radio, he left teaching radio, and became a, a marine archaeologist uh, up on the uh, the shores of, uh, of of Georgian Bay. Anyway, all this to say. All of a sudden, there's this new entity in town. It's called 680 News. Right. And they were desperate for people to work there. Okay. They were desperate right. for people they needed to work people, there. Because they were live all 24 yep. hours, so they needed people to read news. And as somebody who later on was going into the morning show before morning show started. Why is like your mic so four, much louder than mine? Uh, hello, thank you, Howard Glassman, and why is Fred louder than me? Um, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, that's, that's, that, is, that is inside baseball. Right that now. is very inside. Well, not anybody. Who, most people who are listening to me know the Humble and Fred know the, stuff. Know the truth. Um, but listening to overnight announcers on 680 was amazing because it really was like the farm team. Like oh, they were live. They were live. And they were learning on and they were learning on the go. There were lots of mistakes and it was amazing. It, it was great. It's exactly I, what we needed. So did you end up were you working there or were you I, interning I, there? What I happened? I interned there from geez, I don't know, probably about Christmas of ninety three until sometime in ninety five. Uh, it, it was you know, and it was a revolving door. And of course I was going to school full time. And I, I, at that point, I, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. I was DJing in clubs and I was, you know, I was, I was doing this, this thing at 680 and I was going to school and I was doing TV stuff. I, I worked for TSN for a while and, and, and getting worked, paid or interning or like, were you like, like getting five bucks an hour? Sometimes. Like, I mean, I, like I spent, I spent a month of a summer, um, Pulling, you know, pulling, pulling tape, pulling no, no, pulling cables. Oh wow! For for Norman Jewison's film school. Oh cool! That's a, I didn't know that's a great job. And that, like, yeah, I mean, like, I just I, like I I I <laughs> I don't know how to I don't know how to frame this without sounding like a dick, but I mean, like, I I had the most incredibly well rounded education that anybody could possibly imagine. I even got to I even got to sit on and be the the, the key grip on a nude scene. A radio we, we, nude scene? I don't no, know. It was a radio <laughs> nude scene. It was, it was part of the, the, the film school oh, thing. You know, cool. they're like, you know, they're like, you're, you're, we're gonna, we're gonna. Run How the, was your key grip after that? We're gonna. Oh, wait, oh, it was, it was, it was fantastic. <laughs> and and later on, I took care of my. There. Key. Yes. All right. All right. Okay. Um. So, um, you know, you don't sound like a dick saying you had a well-rounded education. You sound like. Uh, like th that's something to be proud of and 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 acknowledge that how how lucky you were to be able to do that right that, that's that's so cool that you got to do all that through school did you finish radio school did you did you get your yeah. diploma yeah so i i um I, <laughs> I i i was i was interning at 680 and um i'd done all kinds of crazy stuff uh you know they were at the time when it was brand new i mean this was this was 30 years ago. It was brand new and they needed to fill the airwaves with something. Yep. And they needed to, you know, keep people engaged. And so, and it was a 20, 20 minute cycle at that point. Um, you know, and in the morning show, you know, Dick Smythe did the first 20 and then, uh, Marlene Oliver did the next 20 and then David Craig did the next huge 20. people, and huge these, people like, in the Toronto huge people yeah, yeah. In, this, in this industry. Um, and I got to work with all of them. And um, 
One of my favorite stories from that era was uh, Rick Crabb, who was the assignment editor. You get to the end of the hour on 60, they still do it to this day where they're like, um, okay, uh, you know, oh, this is uh, 680 News, CFDR Toronto, our assignment editor this hour. Right, is. yeah, yeah. And Rick was the assignment editor, and he was just this grizzled old bugger who just, and I'm sure he was probably like 30. <laughs> but he seemed. <laughs> you know, I was funny. like, I was 18, he That's was funny. 30. Um, and, he, and he says to me one day, he says, yeah, yeah, Robinson, we, uh, we don't have a Vietnam to send you to, so this is the best we can do. Just take a tape recorder, go get some cookies off that table over there, go interview some uh, homeless people and find out what they're doing for Christmas. Oh, my God, really? And I said, what? <laughs> he says, what are you going to do? You're just going to sit around here all day and, you know, write boring copies? He says, just go out. go." And this was, this was Get your hands dirty. This was December 23rd. Wow. And so it's... Three o'clock in the morning. We started at one thirty. You know, we, we we really actually started at two. The morning show started at five, and go out on the street. You went out with like with a six eighty mic flash, six eighty mic flash, and an old Marantz cassette deck hanging off of my shoulder. Are they at Jarvis and Bloor at this point? No, this was at Victoria and Adelaide. Okay, so right downtown. Good old. Not hard to find homeless people. Yeah, yeah 32, 32 Victoria. This was. Uh, so you walk outside. Walk down onto, onto King Street. Alone, or are you with somebody else? Is there Just another? me. Wow. Just me, 18-year-old me. And did it make it to air? Uh, no, because <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I tried. I tried really hard. I, I, you know, I walked up to the first guy that I saw lying in the street, gave him a little nudge with my foot. <laughs> You know, oh. felt kind of bad about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, and he didn't move. And then the next guy along the street on a grade, I kind of gave him a little nudge. They're all asleep, and you're trying to. Yeah, it was, it was two o'clock in the morning. I mean, God, they're they're they're. Oh my God! They're they're, they're you know they may be homeless, but they're not you know. No, no, they're still they're, they're sleeping. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, um, clearly, but it didn't make it to air. But it clearly resonated with no, you. No, but okay. So so here's here's the thing. Yeah. So I had one guy chase me. I don't know, three blocks down King Street. Oh my god! Like, like he, threatening you? He oh, he day. woke up he, and he was not happy. Oh my god, that's happy. crazy! And another guy. And you're, are you an intern at this point? Or are you yeah, getting paid? I'm an you're intern. not even I'm making paid. What a you kidding me? I didn't even graduate from college. Talk about change. You think yeah. you send an intern out and do that now? Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Good luck with that. Good All the stuff that. that I had to do as a humble and Fred oh, intern. Please. Oh my god. So anyway, so let's, let's fast forward to the okay. what happened with this. So you, you get chased around. So I around. come back. So so I I've been chased. I I think I may have. I think one of the guys might have been dead. I I am Shouldn't just laugh. like, you know, I'm like, oh my god. I you know I can't go back upstairs. Rick's going to be so mad at me because I didn't get any tape. And I'm sitting in the coffee shop. There used to be this coffee shop in the in the main floor of of uh, 32 Victoria Street. And <laughs> I remember thinking to myself, "All right, if I get everybody upstairs coffees, you're gonna bow your way they into. They won't notice the that fact. you didn't get any tape. They won't notice the fact that I didn't get any tape. So <laughs> I took whatever." You know, twenty dollars that I had in my pocket, I bought I bought a whole bunch of coffees and I went upstairs and I got off the elevator and there was applause. There was applause. And to this day I'll never forget this. Rick Crabb claps me on the shoulder and he says, Hey kid, he says, uh, you know, so and so over here was keeping an eye on you to make sure you didn't get into trouble. And he's like he's like, Most guys, most guys would have just been like walk away from it, go sit on the corner, you know, come back and say, I didn't get anything. He says, you actually tried. You yeah, you actually tried. That's amazing. So they set you up kind of. Oh, yeah. That's funny. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So so I, I could have been I could have been in at 680 News. I, I could I could still be there. But you didn't. Where You ended up doing, where was your first paid gig? Like, where did you go for news? Well, um. <laughs> This is probably the first time I, I've ever, you know, told this story publicly. But um, I, I was doing a lot of, uh, I was doing a lot of chasing stuff. Like I, I was chasing down leads in the in the newsroom. They 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 decided they could rely on me, so I was chasing down stuff in the newsroom. Uh, I'm not I'm not going to tell any stories because it's all irrelevant today. But um, Jim Morris, God rest his soul, 
one of the greatest crime reporters of all time. One of the greatest reporters of all time. I mean, Jim was just such a beauty. Um, he was covering the story of a high-rise fire on, I don't know, it was like January 2nd, January 3rd. It was just after New Year's. It was just after the revelry of the Christmas season. And it was Young and Shepherd, and it was a big deal, and the newsroom was all buzz about it. And somebody hands me a subway token and says, go on up there and meet up with Jim and, you know, get the tape and bring it back to the newsroom because we didn't have... Because you had, had to do that. You had well, to we physically had, so bring had, it. Yeah. We had cell phones, and we had, you know... We, we, Motorola flips. Yeah, we had, we had like, two ways. We had, we had yeah. two-way communication, but we didn't really have the internet. Uh, we didn't have the internet at all. No. So off I go. Um, you know, all full of piss and vinegar, and I get off the subway at Young and Sinclair. Actually, I, I, I Young Shepherd, you said, right? Young, yeah, sorry, yeah, Young yeah. Shepherd, yeah. I had to take the subway, uh, uh stop north to uh, Mel Asmus Square, or whatever, because they weren't letting people off because no. of the fire. And I walk back, and the the, the human toll of of a high rise fire is something that you can't actually anticipate. I know there have been reporters who have gone to war. I know there are reporters who have seen way worse than I have seen. But at that moment, as a 19-year-old kid, I watched a, a woman who was very, very pregnant get wheeled out on a gurney by the corner. Jesus. And I'll never forget the day. I, I, I you know, I, I did what I had to do. I filed the story. I got Jim's tape and took it back to the newsroom. And and, and I, I remember rolling up on Centennial College. I remember going to talk to Cassavoy. And he says, you know, you okay? And I said, no, I'm really not. Yeah. Like, I don't know if I can do this for a living. I, I don't know if this is, if this is me. Because... I saw somebody die today. I saw somebody dead today who didn't need to be dead. And, okay, again, reporters who are in the field for war, people who have gone to awful places and seen awful atrocities committed. For a 19-year-old kid in Toronto... It's a lot. It was a lot. And so, so I decided at that point that 680 News said they're going to have to start paying me right. to do my job. Or I was going to go do something else. Right. So I'll never forget this. I sat in front of John Hinnon, who at the time was like the, you know, the grand poobah of all news in, in Canada. Sure. Because he was the, the, the director of, of 680. And he said, ah, come on, kid, just give us another six months. I'm like, six months? I said, I've worked here for a year and a half. I've seen shit that most people are never, ever going to have yeah. to see. And you want me to keep working for free? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the 90s. And so so I walked away. So you walked away from uh, specifically reporting, right? You, you, like, no, I, uh, yeah, I walked away from, from what could have been, you know, like today. You, I could right. still be, I you could still, still be, be one of those guys. Still be yeah. working at Rogers. I you, could, I could still could be, be Moman Kreshi or somebody. Yeah. Or, yeah. I, could, I, could, I, I could be uh, uh, Paul Cook. It, I mean, like, it is tough. The, the news side, I've never really been a news guy at all. I've. I don't even know. I've done sports casts. I don't think I've ever done a newscast. Um, but the if it bleeds, it leads nature of sure. news. Uh, and, uh, you know, the the being there and witnessing and being a part of it's all, like, I mean, that's real journalism. Mm -hmm. That's like that's that's it hard exist anymore. And don't get me started on that. Well, yeah, we could have another. We should have a roundtable. I'm thinking about stuff oh, yeah. about stuff like that. But I, like, it's hard, and you're 19, and so you're like, I don't want to do this. I'm out. But you still end up in radio. I still. Ended, it wasn't about getting out of radio. It was about I didn't want to do hard I, news. I didn't. I didn't want to be a reporter. Right. Fair I, enough. I'd, I'd had enough. I'd I'd seen I'd seen enough. And and that that story that 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 day that kind of broke me, um, was one of. Many, many things. Seeing that I, things that you weren't that I, prepared that to see. Yeah, yeah. Bodies. And when when you are when you are a, a, a reporter, I don't know if it's the same today as it used to be, but it, you know, back in the early 90s, when you were a reporter and you had credentials and you knew the cops and you knew the firefighters and, and you were good to them. Sure. And you didn't, you know, every, every opportunity you had, you didn't make it, you know, an ass of them. Right. They were good to you. Yeah. 
you you built relationships and 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 they would give you access to things that you should not have had access to. So you yeah for sure. I mean you know, I, I, I I walked I walked crime scenes. I uh, you know I I got I got backroom access to uh to court stuff. Evidence. Uh, I, I covered shit, the yeah. Bernardo trial. That'll change you. I was in college. I covered the Bernardo trial. I yeah. Mean, like, you know, you y- you would not see that these days. I don't think so. Yeah, that's really interesting. I, I think the the methodology and how we again, you want to talk about how journalism has changed and whether there is journalism, and that's a whole other, uh, like you said, that's a whole other conversation. But that's a, at at that young age, that's really going to affect you, and that's going to last yeah. long term. Um, just quickly, as somebody who grew up in public housing and uh, witnessed three huge apartment fires in the apartment building that I grew up in. I know exactly what you're talking about. I saw yeah. shit that was not cool. And I was nope. just a kid. Um, nope. Not to make it about me or anything. No, but, but, it, it, but, but it's, I get what you're saying. There are, there are things, and this is something I learned from my dad. He said to me, there are things you're going to see that you just have to forget. Right. And there are things that you're going to see that you're never going to forget. And it was it was a little a little piece of wisdom from one newsie to another, mm-hmm. where you have to find a way to blunt yourself to it, to separate yourself from it, to you know. I think journalists have to do it, obviously. Because uh, if you me- take it me- home with you, if you take it home with you, there's it's going to kill you. Yeah, journalists have to do it. Obviously, medical uh, professionals have to do it. You know, you have to. There's, there's got to be a wall, right? Mike, yep. I, I tell you what, like, I, I don't think he'd ever do it. But my father-in-law uh, was a chief supervisor for the TTC for many years. Oh yeah. And you, this Those is year. Bastards. Well, the year, the the wow. stuff that I only know top level data of what the things he saw. Uh, there were no PTSD time off in the 80s and 90s like that didn't exist you like you're talking about like i know like i know of like like heat like jumpers and all that stuff and you're right back to work the next goddamn day so Mm -hmm. it was a different time in the 90s for sure where i don't want to i don't want to make it about a a different time i think it was oh it was a different time i i think i think there are certain i think there are certain realities and certain sensitivities that I actually embrace. Uh, oh, I think it's if, better now for sure. A hundred percent, the world. A hundred percent better. You know, uh, there, we could talk about like just because that's the way it was and what we went through. I don't resent the fact that people don't have to go through those things. That's you know, it's way better now. Um, so so okay. So I, I don't I don't know where we're at in terms of you know we're probably we've been talking for like you know an hour and a half. Or we've something. been talking for a grand total of thirty seven minutes. Wow. And uh, we are now like you're still nineteen and a half. So you stupid, know we <laughs> stupid me. You know <laughs> there is a uh, there is there is a there is a thing um, when you've had to be on the clock at, at some point in your life where you're actually able to like you know time things but, sure you know. oh yeah you kidding me you uh, had, did you ever jock did you like did you jock like either oh, yeah. alternative top 40 i know you were on with me we oh, did a little, silly little thing so you know for like it's amazing how much you can fit into 20 seconds if you I have to. i didn't want to do news i i i'm so okay so i'm 19 years old and i just i was done i was done right I, i'd seen everything i'd done everything it's your last year of uh, centennial at this yep. point yeah, yeah yeah and and i ended up uh in this little radio station in newmarket ontario um ckdx fm which was called the phoenix Ooh. uh which <laughs> did it rise from the phoenix? well it did because it rise from the ashes it arose from the ashes rather of this uh uh, of this of this mess of an am station that that had been there for you know 15 years before it and what was it on the ckdx what number was it that's 88.5 88.5 and now uh, well and yeah more commonly was the jewel the jewel 88. now light 88.5 evanov radio group so you yeah. end so you end up working up there paid gig oh yeah oh yeah. what did you was, apply for what was your job uh, i applied for whatever you want me to do which is what uh, happens to and a lot of us. And this I, I did everything. Right. I did everything and everything and everything and everything. And my first on-air shift uh, was on Thanksgiving weekend, 1995, because the hard drive on our uh, uh, automation system crashed. Was it DCS at the time? No, it was MediaTouch, and I'll get back to that in a second. Oh, yes, you will. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> Again, we're going to get real inside baseball yeah, there. So if anybody's left listening. I'm pretty sure... I'm pretty sure <laughs> I'm pretty sure nobody has left it. This no, point. no, that's not true. They're that's done. Right. They're like, what? Who? 
never heard no, of No, no, not true, not true. You know what? It's always fun. You know, obviously, the guy who helped me put this podcast together, Toronto Mike, he is like such a inside baseball guy when it comes to radio in Toronto. But I've got some perspective here with you because, like, while you... I know Bob so well, I know, I call him Robert. Yeah, there you go. Bingo Robert. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Ringo Robert, Ringo actually. Robert. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, you, so you apply for a job. You're okay, so, of, okay, so let's just... I, I, I'm gonna, here's I'm, what I want to talk about. I want to talk about the change. Like, when did you realize that, you know what, I'm not going to do news for a living. I got to learn. I, I'm, I've been learning okay. to be an engineer. This is what I need to do. And how did that make you feel? So I, go, I, I go to work for a really small radio station in Newmarket, Ontario, and we had some crazy days. It was, it was WKRP in Cincinnati times a million and and we really we had some great fun like we we just enjoyed we we knew what we were doing was ridiculous but we enjoyed it so much and 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 then you know one day it just kind of all came to an end let me ask you you're 20 21 at that point yeah about so 21. you're 21 still living with your parents uh yep uh, uh make my mother hourly wage uh yep Hourly wage in 1995. I was I was, I was making <laughs> eight bucks, ten bucks. What were you making? Twelve bucks. It's so funny, you know. I I, 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 I love talking about this. Okay, okay, and I, I know you do because Schwarm and I talked about it, and it, it was amazing to hear. The... So so my my T four in 1996 was twenty three thousand dollars. That's actually way more than I would have thought. Yeah, at, for at twenty. So you, in ninety six, you're because you're seventy four, right? Yep. You're born in seventy four, so you're like seventy five. Sorry, you're seventy five. I'm seventy six. So you, it, like in ninety four, you're you're making good dough. That's decent money. I, I for made, that time. I made I made twenty three yeah. grand. It, is your gross? Grand was your gross or your net? It was, it was my gross. Right. That's not bad considering no. some of the stories I've heard and actually partook in a couple of years later when I got into radio. Yeah. So. You know, I, I can't complain. I can't complain. Um, so, so, but when did you realize that news, as much as much as it was like this thing that, that would please your dad, as much that it was something that you okay. did love and then you didn't love, but then you still did it. When did you realize, fuck it, I, I'm not going to be on air? I, I, I never did. You know? <laughs> I, I, I mean, honestly, at that point, I, I never did. Um, I, <laughs> we were, we were this ragtag bunch of, uh, miscreants who were running a radio station and f in the span of three years, we were, uh, sort of like a, like a community station where we played everything to an alternative station where we played a lot of eighties alternative to a dance station where we played a lot of dance music to a country station where, we and it just, it was like every seven months we changed formats. This is 88.5 CKDX. Uh, CKDX. Owned by who at that time? Don't get me into that. No, no, just tell, tell me the guy's name. Uh, Anthony, uh, Anthony, I can't remember. Right. His name. So uh, an individual, allowed, no, I'm, no, an individual owner is all I'm saying. Like um, not part of, not telemedia, not, uh, not new cap, not, it, it's one owner. That's all, that's all yeah. I'm asking. You know, we don't have to get into that. I always joke about, look, if you want to talk about like, you know, protecting the names of witnesses, I always joke about my time when Proud <laughs> FM started. It was not owned by Evanov Radio Group. It was owned by Rainbow Media Group, which was, I and I know these numbers don't add up. Let's get, it was 33% uh, Will and Grace, 33% WKRP in Cincinnati, and 33% The Sopranos. Because there was some interesting ownership. Let's, so, just, say, let's just say that uh, barring any uh, legal uh, recourse that might be taken against me, uh, we were working for um, a, a predominantly Italian firm. That's all. That's yeah. So I just wanted to say it wasn't Rogers. It wasn't. No, it, it was. It, yeah. That's <laughs> it was, all. We don't have to was, get. I Look, there are stories God, that, to be good. told at some point. Right. And I, you know what? I've actually joked on uh, on the Sound Off podcast uh, uh, about everywhere I've ever gone, except for unless it's a, a startup. Everyone's like, oh, you just missed the best days ever. Everybody, you know, even when I worked at, see, at the at Edge 102, I start there in 98 and everybody's like, oh, you missed the best days. But you know it what? Was, it was pretty fucking good when I was, was there. So good. But with you, with these guys here, it was so good. So it was, it was WKRP meets an infinite budget. We could that's do, amazing. We could do whatever we wanted to Never, do, uh, wherever we wanted to do. And we and we did it and we did it big. So, so OK, so let me just. <laughs> For the sake of the listeners, I'm gonna like readers digest this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so 
I'm working at this radio station. The last thing I wanted to do in the world was news. Right. And then one day. Oh, interesting. Okay. Okay. The, and one day, um, you know, I'm, I'm on the air. I'm doing, you know. Are hey, you jocking? Yeah. Hey, that okay. was, this was, you know, like my, my first, uh, my first shift, uh, I think I mentioned before, was when the, when the hard drive failed. Right. And back, right, then, back then a hard drive was worth like, you know, $4,000. And it was the size of the room. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it was, uh, you know, come on up here and uh, and bring your CDs and we're just going to have a live weekend. That was Thanksgiving 1995. And I really enjoyed myself that weekend because it was... Did you pick was, your own music? Oh, God, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, That's yeah, like yeah, the we, dream we shit. Getting, Nobody no, gets to we, do that in radio. There, there, were, there were four or five of us and we were given a very sort of... Um, I don't want to say a tight budget of what we could play. Sure. No, no. Know. It's like, yeah, but you were, but you were picking your own music off of CDs. Don't play metal. Don't play dance. And then find uh, something that's in between. And, oh, man, I, like I, I played stuff. <laughs> I played stuff that weekend that I have never since played on the radio. I played Leonard Cohen that weekend. I played, uh, I played like REM B sides. I I whipped out. This is like ninety five. You said nineteen ninety five. Thanksgiving weekend ninety five. Nice. I whipped. You were living the dream stuff. there. Oh bud. yeah, man. Like I whipped out stuff off a of dead letter office. Amazing. Because as long as it, it, and that, that's an REM. Yes. B sides album. I think I actually have the vinyl behind to, me to right satisfy now. their their yes. contract with RS. Um, but I I was playing stuff like that. And it was it was it was great. So you know, time went by, and the reason. That I, the, the reason that I ended up there was because there was a, a broadcast automation system. Now, broadcast automation, just so everybody knows who may not know radio, broadcast automation is a computer that runs everything you hear on the radio except for live voices and music. You can record the live voices as well. It's called yeah. voice tracking, but yes. But music, the, the commercials, the IDs, everything else... Like, it's all in one box. Thank you uh, for bringing this uh, Forty Creek Copper Pot. You're welcome. My uh, friend David Allard uh, thanks you as well. David. David, it is my favorite whiskey ever. Um, I take it to the U.S. with me every time I travel. Lovely. Can we make sure we get Copper Pot into the duty this free? Is, I just, oh, Copper Pot in the duty free. David, get on it. That'd be great. So anyway, so uh, so you're so uh, the automation. Uh, so so okay. So 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 ninety five. You're on automation. So, at so this broadcast point. automation. So one of the reasons that I got this job at this little radio station in Newmarket was because um, I had figured out while I was in college at Centennial how to build an automation system, and this company called Media Touch had come in and dropped off these boxes and. You know, nobody knew. That's what to do very with it. advanced because most of the time, I'll be honest, and I taught at Seneca. Uh, most of the stuff that's being taught at radio was always like ancient. It was not yeah. at all. I have, edge. I have, a, I have an award. I have a, a 1993 Donny Award. What's a Donny T- Award? The Donnies. Uh, Don Gray, who was the head of the program at the time, they named the awards after him. I have a 1993 Donny Award for doing for, for Bill. cutting tape. Well, that's this is my point. Like I, <laughs> I taught in the when I was at Mix ninety nine nine in the early, in the like mid two thousands two thousand three two thousand four. I was teaching at Seneca, and I was doing in- industry relations. So it was like there was no nothing technical about it. But I know people who were teaching the technical side, and they were teaching programs that were like yep. out, out of date. But you, so you're you, you bring it. You're, you're working with this uh, program, Media Touch, so, so which revolutionized the industry. Really, the idea of, of, of media of, of uh, automation. So we, you know, I, I have this system that I have to deal with. And what had happened was um, they'd come in media touch and, and uh, my, my dear friend Ron Paley uh, had come in and installed the system in Newmarket. Uh, and it was one of the first in the, in the world. There had only been a couple of other places where they have done this stuff. Well, right? At that, was like, at that was point, like, the Edge in '95 is still on carts and CDs. Yeah. like they're on the the Denon CDs with the. Well, I, yeah. I was I, I mentioned earlier about CFDR where we had to roll the roll the bloody chair back and forward from one side right. of the console. I mean, that, to the yeah, other and that's and, a news place, but you're playing no, all the, it's but, six. It, it, oh, it, it, like but that's it, a few years 40. before. Yeah, yeah, but like, uh, but you're talking '95. Carts, yeah. carts, 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 yeah. carts. Yeah, and I remember so. I can still remember, actually, my buddy uh, Robbie J, Rob Johnson, just just posted a, a picture of a cart with a Humble and Fred promo on it. And the funny thing was we kept the That's same awesome. numbers when we went to 
DCS, which is digital cart system. Yep. Uh, the whole thing, again, getting yep. very inside. So you knew how to do this. So, uh, so I learned how to do this in college. Right. And then, you know, here's this radio station where, you know, I... I, I, you're a jack of all trades at that point. Yeah, at that you, point, you come I mean, in, you're yeah, doing exactly. everything, so and I, you're making like eight bucks an hour, ten bucks an hour, make or whatever. It work, and yep. you know. Um, and then one day, they 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 came and said we're making a change, and I said, "What kind of change?" They're like, "Well, we're going to let go of most of the on-air staff, and we still need somebody to do news in the morning." And somebody said, "You know, you were at six eighty, and I said, "Yeah, I was." Well, you should be fine then. I said, oh, okay. You'll take the job because you don't want to be on the other side of that well, door. Well, sure. You don't want to be on the other yeah, side of that every, conversation. Everybody else, everybody else I knew at that moment had been fired. And but they the wanted to reason, keep you. The only reason they kept Did they flip to was, a different format? No. They just, like, they had realized they were spending too much money. Like you yep. said, there was a ton of dough being spent. I mean, and we flipped formats like a couple Seven months times. Later. Yeah, you were mentioning yeah. that. Yeah. A couple months later, the format flip came. But yeah, at that moment, it was, you know, we, we can't afford to pay... Everybody, everybody. We paying, yeah, yeah. So we're keeping this person and this person and this person and you. And so you do it. So I'm 21 years old and I was desperate to stay in the business and I didn't know anything at the time. I mean, what was I going to do? Like, you know, say, ah, screw you guys. I'm going to go do something else. No, I, right. no. So I stayed and they put me back on the air doing news. And who was the morning show? At that moment, the morning show was Gary Gamble. <laughs> and me. So Gary Gamble, who is, I believe, still doing the Gary, morning show G on Gary Light 88.5. Exactly. Gary that Gamble, guy, who is, oh is one of my best friends and honestly one of the <laughs> most Teflon people in this world, man. I don't know how That guy managed. has survived everything. Seriously. Yeah. Seriously. He is immune to everything. I should have him on, actually. He did not like me, I don't think. Nah. Uh, when I quit, he did not. I, he he was not a fan of me. I was. I had too many ideas that he didn't like, and too many opinions. Gary <laughs> Gary Gamble is Gary Gamble is a guy who has done more in this industry that than any of us that most people probably don't even know about. No. To be completely honest, because no. he's been on this 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 kind of niche, niche, of, this one niche radio station. Yeah, this niche one station. radio station. Yeah, he he, he saved. He saved one radio station. It was the radio station I was working for. And I mean, God bless him. I, I can't say anything. No, I know you can't. And I've had some good times with the guy, but yeah. I, I, I'd be interesting to hear what his take on he my... Salvaged, he salvaged my career by making me do news. Do news, right. How did you end up, and because we both worked for the same radio, uh, we both worked for the same signal, I think, didn't we? No, you worked for CKDX. No, not DX. Uh, C, uh, the CJKX, 95.9... Yeah, the country, what is now, yeah, it was Chorus. Uh, was it Chorus when you worked no, for them? No, 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 Was it no, Durham? No, no, no. Was it Durham Radio? It was Durham Radio. So I was at 94.9 The Rock um, well after that. If you if you want me to continue boring our listeners with this story, I'll continue. So I left, um, <laughs> I left New Market and the, uh, the questionable ownership at the time uh, in, a, in a blaze of glory. Have you ever been walked out? You, uh, have you been fired? No. You've never been fired? No. You've always left on your own volition? Yep. Well, cheers to that. I'm going to cheers you right oh, there. To that. There, you there, there you go. That's amazing to be as long in this business. And now you're on another side of the business, but you've never you've never been asked to leave. You've never been on the other side of the door. I've never been fired. And talking to most people you in know this why? industry. why? Because I'm a sycophant. What does sycophant mean? Bob, this is an awesome podcast. I wish I could be here every week. So you manage and up. Yeah, it's I, called managing I, you know, up. It's not being a sick of it. If we could, if we could, if we could just do this, and and we could like, give, you know, every week, give me a little more rye, and I will <laughs> talk at nauseum. You call it a sick of it. Uh, it's called managing up, oh, and okay. it's called making your bosses. Right, well, apparently Apparently, I did that really well. We've done that really well. So you, uh, but, so, so, so I leave, you okay. left because the ownership is weird, and uh, you, you, you leave. Where does this doing... story end? Well, like I, I, I've, I, I've been in, I've been in broadcasting for thirty years. Yeah, like literally thirty years before we started this podcast tonight. It's I been showed... thirty years since we started the podcast. Well, yeah, I, think. I think so. <laughs> I, I showed I showed Bob a picture of me sitting. Yes. Sitting in the not in the control room at CFDR, but in the jock room, right? Which like we had in, at the Humboldt and Fringe, in, yeah, in yeah, the yeah. booth, yeah, in the booth, yeah, at uh, at CFTR in ninety was, what? 19, you were in high 91. school, yep. And I was 
Jesus, 16, 17. I, it, it was, yeah, you're you know, 16 and 91. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was. <laughs> Isn't it amazing? How do you, first of all, like how did, I just quickly to go back to that just for a sec, how do you land that co-op? Cause I did a shit ton of co-ops and they were all garbage. I can tell you about one. You tell me how you got it. And then I'll tell you the worst co-op I ever had. His name is Samer El Samna. Okay. And the fact that I mentioned him on your podcast will make him the happiest guy in the world. He was your teacher or? No, he was a friend of mine. Okay. And, and he and I just decided to goof around when we were in high school. Um, I mean, it was the early nineties. It was, it was in living color. We called him MC Sammer and, and, and he did, you know, this, you're making your own radio show. You mean? Oh yeah. yeah, Okay. But how does that lead to 680? How do you get in to be the fucking, like he called Dan, he called Tarzan Dan and said, so you, did you guys both intern there? He, no, I interned there. He got, so your buddy, oh wow. That's so cool. He got me in. God bless him. That's amazing. And 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 you know he was just he was just so excited about the prospect of being there that so he literally called him like on eight seven zero whatever like eight seven zero CFTR eight seven zero hits eight seven eight seven zero edge eight three three four three is eight seven zero eight seven two. It was eight seven two or eight seven zero. Both. That was the, yeah, one the, of the other. One of the other. Um, you you realize you had an eight seven zero one zero three nine number because of me. Eh? I fought for that because I went and got it. I, Rob Bazile was the original program director this is, this and is engineer this is of Proud FM, and this he wanted to go right with now. like no, he wanted to go with like five one whatever blah blah blah. Yeah. And I'm like no man, we gotta have eight seven zero. I will. I will. I'm glad you got that for us. I am the one who would not settle for anything but eight seven zero because it what made us. The, what the hell is the exchange at, at, at Church and Wellesley? It's like uh, seven two zero or something, or like no, you, in like general. Five, or, six, one. Oh, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. We'll have Something to look. Like let's look up the uh, we'll do, the, the we'll let's look later. up the phone number of Steamworks. This is. <laughs> <laughs> What's the phone number for Steamworks? Holy Christ! <laughs> um, so I'll tell you about. So I because I was a horrible student. I was very good at. I loved extracurriculars. Like I, I was all there. I was there for musicals, improv, choir, all the anything performance based, and I did not want to do any. Uh, classes i hated classes but so i i think i graduated with i did a three credit co-op and a and a two credit co-op and a one credit co-op like where i was out of the school like i just needed to be out of the school and a guy named oh his last name was chapko he was the teacher and i said i want to i actually wanted to do print i want to do journalism I, like so i'm like grade 11 or whatever and it's uh 93 and he uh <laughs> He finds me this local newspaper. So I'm in the East End of St. Pat's High School. Could have been the Beaches Metro News, which is a, you know, a, a fine, uh, uh, known. Uh, there was a Leslieville one. There's a whole bunch of them. He finds this guy. He's over here, actually, at, at Maine and Danforth, not far from my house. And he finds this guy. He, got, he has this thing called Around Toronto Today. Never seen it in my life. I grew up in the East End. Never seen it in my life. This guy is in the dankest office space, but he has his own printer. And he's like, this guy will take you on and you know he'll teach you. At that time, it was like an Apple, Mac, whatever, like to learn like how to... I spent most of my time making posters for the rugby team, for the games. Yeah, all right. But it was a complete front for the Heritage Front. <laughs> Do you remember the Heritage Front? Oh, yeah. The white supremacist group? Oh, so while I'm, the, he's, while I'm there as a... <laughs> kid who's like uh i i'm doing a uh a, a, a an internship for journalism this guy's cranking out hate that's cool fucking paperwork that's cool. i work for it the was, mob so, we're, so we're, we're good we're good uh anyway so that that that's the co-op uh, angle so so i i i'm gonna give where'd big, you meet paul evanov uh, I'll, I'll get to that in a second when do you want to talk about paul evanov I, you, because you, you, you i would say me when we met when we met that was your job and you I did a whole bunch of shit before I got to Evanoff. But for me, I, look, as a podcast about change, I'm going to be honest. When I joined Evanoff, when I joined Rainbow Media Group, which is partially owned by Evanoff Radio Group, I think they had, what, four radio stations? Maybe, like, they had Chow, uh, 88.5, 103.5. It was nine, It was 2006. Yeah, 06. We, we were just starting. So, yeah, right. And by, when I left, there was 18. Just and, starting. And you fucking built all those goddamn stations. So oh. that's why I, I want to talk about that chain. I want to talk about what that was like. Right. Um, Adam Robinson, 
seriously, if anybody's listening and has any interest in in actually learning about or or starting their own web radio or anything like that, this is the guy to talk to. I just want to talk about what a nightmare this business is. (sighs) Well, that's a whole, like I said, we should do an Evanov fucking (laughs) roundtable. All right, and now I'm going to hit the extra, which is your voice again. Here we are, season two, episode 67, 68 maybe now, actually. Thank you very much. We got to start making sense. This has been Bob's Basements. Thanks for listening. Thanks, that's the way it is. For more information, email Bob at bobwillette at gmail.com. That's Bob Willette, like Gillette, with a W. Follow Bob on Twitter at Bob Willette. Bob's Basement is available where you find your favorite podcasts. Until next time. Well, that's the way it is.